Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Thursday. I hope you're all having a good start to your day, wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of Inside Arsenal Around the World. Big day today. Um, Champions League draw. My book is out. So hopefully if you've already ordered it and it is winging its way to you and arriving at your house today, I really do hope you enjoy. And if you fancy coming down to the Tollington tonight... Buy your book there, have it signed, watch the Champions League draw and join in what should be a really good evening of Arsenal chat. Really looking forward to seeing those of you who are coming down tonight. We've got Gunner Blog there, James McNicholas from The Athletic. He's going to be part of the Q&A uh, with me, Sam Dean, who's been on this channel before, of course, of the Daily Telegraph. He's going to be there and we're going to all be having a good uh, session of an Arsenal chat talking about the Champions League draw, reacting to that, talking about the transfer window, of course, be answering questions from everyone who is there. So please do come down and enjoy it if you can. It's free. There's no tickets involved. Just come down to the Tollington from, well, doors open at 4pm. I'll be there signing books from 5pm. You can buy books there. Um, and then the Q&A part of the night will be on from sort of 7, 7.15. You'll still be able to buy books throughout the evening. So please do come down. And once again, if you are receiving your copy through the door today, if you are one of those people who already pre-ordered it and it's arriving today, I really do hope you enjoy and thank you very, very much for ordering. So yes, big, big day today. We'll talk about the Champions League draw in a moment. But got to start on the news that Fallen Balligan has now been confirmed as a Monaco player, news we've been expecting for the last few days. It was confirmed last night. Monaco announcing that transfer. Arsenal getting about 40 million euros, about 34 million pounds all in for Foller and Balogun with a 17.5% sell-on clause. It certainly sparked a lot of debate, this transfer, and certainly the transfer fee. A, people have been questioning whether Arsenal should have sold him in the first place. And B, people are saying, why have Arsenal only got 34 million for following Balogun? It's certainly an interesting debate. I can see 
both sides for it. In terms of, before we sort of get to the transfer fee side of things, really, I mean, personally, for me, looking at it, I think it's a good move for Balogun. Um, he didn't want to stay at Arsenal. He didn't want to sign a new contract. He only had two years left on his deal. If Arsenal didn't sell him this summer, then he was going to be down to the final year of his contract. He'd shown no willingness to sign a new deal. He wasn't going to go out on loan again. And so I think Arsenal, you know, it was just an inevitable transfer. They had to sell him this summer. It was it was that simple, really. So, and for him, I think it's a really good move. He's going to a country where he knows he can perform well in France. He did that last season. Excellently with Reem. This is a big step up to a historic club like Monaco. And I fully expect him to go there and have a really, really good season for them. I don't see why he wouldn't. He's a talented young player, really good striker. And he knows the league over in France. So I expect him to have a really good season. And for Arsenal, like I said, it's just a deal they kind of had to do. This was always going to be the biggest deal they were going to do this summer. They've got it done. You know, it's dragged on a little bit. They probably didn't get as much as they were hoping for. We all know this sort of £50 million price tag that was doing the rounds for Balogun. They were never going to get that if they were selling to a team in France. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, uh, And... If they weren't going to sell to a Premier League club, it's just they were not going to get that transfer fee. And that's how materialised. So lots of you can kind of be talking about it. We've got different sort of responses. I've selected two here. You've got one at the top saying, I don't understand how anyone can think 35 to 40 million quid and a hefty sell-on fee isn't phenomenal business. Let's put this into perspective. We got Odegaard for the same money. Balogun has barely played a competitive match for us. He hasn't even played in the Premier League game. Um uh, he has played a Premier League game, played against Brentford and Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he's had one fantastic season in a league that is considered by everyone to be a lower standard. Pepe was good in France. I think it's an incredible bit of business. While everyone is terrified that he comes back to rip up the Premier League, I'm going the other way. I would be surprised if we hear him again in a meaningful conversation. This is a masterstroke from Edu. He's literally pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. And then there's another one. So City got £45 million for a player that's barely touched the ball, but Edu is incapable of getting even €40 million Euros for one of League One's top players last season so two very different opinions there and I can understand both um I'm going to take the top one first to respond to that look I don't think Eddie's pulled the wall over uh, anyone's eyes I think I think it's a decent fee for Balogun I think it's a very good fee for Balogun actually I'll put it that way for a player who's going to go for free a couple of years ago who's you know not even played a handful of senior appearances for Arsenal to get 35, 34 million for a, a academy product, I think is a very, very good piece of business. I think the 17.5% um, sell-on clause is a really good, smart piece of business as well, because if Balogun does go over to France, does have a brilliant time over there and ends up getting himself a massive move back to the Premier League, where there obviously will be more money being spent. Um, you know, if he goes for, I don't know, 80 million pounds, Arsenal are going to, you know, you can add like another 15 million pounds onto that price tag that Arsenal have received for him and that'll take it up to around the 50 million mark. So I can understand, you know, I think it's a good piece of business for Arsenal in a way. Now, taking the bottom comment into account here, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, from uh, Adventurer Wannabe, so City you get 45 million pounds for a player that's barely touched the ball, who's incapable of getting 40 million for one of League One's top players last season is obviously in response to Chelsea signing Cole Palmer for whatever it is, 40 million with another 5 million add-ons, which I want to see on the same happening on the same day as Balogun goes to um, Monaco has clearly angered a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people are pointing to the Hoyland deal for Man United as well. And, you know, what I would say about that, and I can understand why people are pointing to it, but what I would say about that is those two transfers, the buying clubs were very, very rich and bonkers, by the way, especially in Chelsea's part. 
Premier League clubs. And that is a big, big difference. As much as you don't want it to think it is, it's just a huge difference. Premier League clubs have got the money. Unless you were selling to PSG in France, Arsenal were not going to get a bigger transfer fee really than this for uh, Fallen Balogun because no one else has got that money. PSG have, no one else has. No one could go near that. If you were going to sell Balogun to the Premier League, then yeah, you probably would have got 45, 50 million pounds. But in my view, in my opinion, I'm, I'm happy he's not gone to the Premier League. I'd rather take 10 million pounds less and not sell Balogun to Chelsea than I would um, to sell him to Monaco. It's not my money. I don't really care. I'd just much rather see him go to Monaco for a little bit less and go to Chelsea or Tottenham, for example. So, um, yeah, I think there is a big, big difference that needs to be taken into account. The Premier League clubs, if you sell into a Premier League club, you get a Premier League premium. It's that simple. The Cole Palmer deal is mental, crazy money for a player who's only played a couple of Premier League games. It's just Chelsea money. It's crazy. And they didn't come in. You know, they were sort of sniffing around Balogun, but they wouldn't go anywhere near the sort of price tag that Arsenal would have wanted for Balogun. So, um, for, to sell to Chelsea. So I think it's hard to sort of compare the two. I mean, you look, I've, I've checked this out. The, the top 10 signings of all time by League One clubs, <laughs> look at that, every single one of them is PSG. And the lowest there, number 10 in the all-time list of signings by French club, again by PSG, Luis Hernandez um, for 45 million euros. That's only a few million euros less than what Monaco have paid for Balogun. And PSG weren't in for, for, uh, for flow. So how, you know, Arsenal just, they just couldn't get that money for him. Unless you're, you know, in the big clubs in in Italy, they're not going to spend that sort of money on, on Flo Balogun. It's just not going to happen. And I think the only ones maybe who you could have done uh, if they were interested, which they weren't, Dortmund potentially and Bayern Munich, of course, and Bayern weren't, they ended up signing Harry, Harry Kane and Dortmund didn't come in for Balogun. So unless you were selling to a Premier League club, I don't really see Arsenal were going to get more than this sort of cash for Balogun. The, the market just wasn't there for him. You know, no, they weren't, the, the bids weren't coming in for him. And, I think the fact that they've got this 17.5% sell-on clause, although right now we're looking at it as a 34 million deal, if he goes on and be and and he's brilliant and gets a big move back to the Premier League, then Arsenal, you would be able to add another 15 million pounds onto this price tag. If he doesn't do it in France, then no one's going to be questioning the fact that Arsenal got 34 million for him. They're going to look at it and think that's a really great deal for an academy product who didn't end up doing doing much of note over in France. So, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of split on it. I think, I think in a way, Arsenal obviously would have liked to get more money, but that Premier League move didn't materialise, and so selling to France, getting 34 million and a really good sell-on clause, I think it's not too bad a piece of business. Okay, away from Flo Balogun. Now, let's talk about what is a very, very exciting thing today. Arsenal, after so many years, are back in the Champions League. And they are going to find out today who they are going to be playing in the group stages. We're going to know just in a few hours' time what teams are going to be coming to the Emirates when they're lining up, hearing that Champions League music. Arsenal in pot two. As you can see here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the pots that all the teams are in. Arsenal in pot two alongside Madrid, United, Inter, Dortmund, Atletico, Leipzig, Porto. So they're not going to get any of those players. They will get one from pot one, one from pot three, and one from pot four. So in pot one, it's Man City, Sevilla, Barcelona, Napoli, Bayern Munich, PSG, Benfica, or Feyenoord. Uh, pot three, it's Shakhtar, Salzburg, AC Milan, Braga, Lazio, Red Star, PSV, and Copenhagen. And in pot four, Sociedad, Kirantini, Sociedad, obviously. Sociedad, Galatasaray, Celtic, Newcastle, Union Berlin, Lons, Young Boys, and Antwerp. So 
Who are they going to get? I think I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that Arsenal are going to get Bayern Munich because, of course, they will. It's the Champions League, so they're going to get Bayern Munich. And, of course, Harry Kane is there as well. So I'm convinced they're going to get Bayern Munich in pot one. Uh, but we shall see. I mean, you sort of look at the potential groups of death that always get brought up in these ones. You know, any one of Barcelona, Bayern, PSG, Napoli in pot one is going to be very, very difficult. You could then potentially get Milan from pot three. And uh, I don't know, the hardest group in pot four, then Sociedad won't be easy. Union Berlin will be a really amazing atmosphere should anyone get Union Berlin. Um, so there's a few tricky ties there to to avoid. But I think when Arsenal look at that, I, I look at the Champions League this season. I think it's a really big thing for Arteta because he's been pretty rubbish so far in Europe, Arteta. It's certainly a big question mark that still hangs over him. Um, you know, tactically, can he get it right in Europe? Can he do enough in the home games in Europe because in knockout games, he hasn't been able to do that so far since he's come to Arsenal. So it's a big question mark over Arteta and his ability to get the best out of teams over two legs, his team out over two legs in European competition. So this is a big season for him in that regard. But I look at who's in that draw and I look at the quality that Arsenal now have and the players that they have and the experience in a way that they have. And I just don't think there's many teams to fear there. Yes, obviously, Manchester City are the big favourites once again. They'll be extremely difficult to beat if you get Manchester City. Uh, and Arsenal are terrible against Manchester City, so that would be very, very difficult. Um, you know, Barcelona, obviously, are Barcelona. Um, PSG are, are going to be a difficult team. Real Madrid, you know what they do in European competition. Really, But other than that, there's just no one there who stands out. And I think, oh, my God, this is going to be a real, real struggle for Arsenal. So I can't wait to see how they get on on the Champions League. When everyone asks me, what's your ex- expectations for this season? You know, I look at it and I think, you know, if Arsenal finish second the season behind Manchester City in a Premier League, it's not a failure. I don't see how anyone could say finishing second is a failure to the best team in the world. So, uh, you know, I'd love them to win the title. But if they don't and they push Man City the whole way, you know, the whole way again and end up finishing second, I don't see that as a failure. But for me, when I t- look at my expectations, I really look at the Champions League this season and want to see them go really, really deep and really make a mark in this competition. So that my main expectation is Arsenal really making a statement in the Champions League this season and Mikel Arteta really showing that he's got the sort of quality and the tactical nails to get his team far in this competition because they have the quality and they have the ability. So can't wait. Like I said, the book launched tonight at the Tollington. Come down and watch the Champions League draw. I think it starts at about five, but the way they drag it on in UEFA, it's going to go on until about six o'clock, something like that, before the draw actually takes place. So come down to the Tollington for the book launch. We're going to have it on all the big screens in the pub, in there with pints in hand, seeing who Arsenal are going to get. I cannot wait. It's going to be such an exciting part of the night. Really, really looking forward to it. So get down if you can. Of course, the Carabao Cup draw, not quite as prestigious. That took place last night and Arsenal are going to play Brentford away in the third round. So not particularly nice draw for Arsenal. Difficult game away at a Premier League club. Uh, not many um, away fan allocation either. So not the greatest of draws for Arsenal. So Arsenal versus Brentford in the Carabao Cup third round in West London. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, getting closer to Manchester United on Sunday. Cannot wait for the Emirates. Should be a really cracking game down there. Both teams, I'd say, under a little bit of pressure because of the starts to the season. United, of course, did come back and get that win against Forest at the weekend. Arsenal didn't manage to come back and get the win against Fulham with that 2-2 draw. So a little bit of um, sort of frustration and disappointment. Well, a lot of frustration and disappointment, I should say, in reaction to that result at the weekend. They'll be looking to bounce back against United on Sunday. Here's some pictures, if you're watching this on YouTube, from training yesterday. Zinchenko there. I think he'll be making his first start of the season against United. I'll be very, very surprised if he doesn't. And should he come in as expected on the left-hand side of that defence, that is going to be really interesting to see what else Mikel Arteta does in that position. Does Gabriel come back? Does he play alongside William Saliba? Does Ben White move back to right back? What does he do with Kai Havertz? Does Fabio Vieira come into the starting lineup after his impressive cameo against Fulham? Will Eddie Nketiah come back into the starting lineup at the expense of Leandro Trossard? I imagine he will. Or will Gabriel Jesus make the starting lineup? There's so many questions to be answered. Mikel, that team selection on Sunday is going to be so, so intriguing when it does come out at an hour before kickoff because I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, and I imagine lots of you have no idea what he's going to do. And, you know, when you sort of compare that to last season, that is very, very different because we all knew what he was going to do and who was going to play and who was going to play where. But it's very, very different this time around. And, um, yeah, really big questions over that starting 11 at the weekend. Looking forward to seeing what happens. OK, let's quickly talk about some of your comments and questions. A fair few of them about Balogun today up so I wanted to rattle through some of these to get your thoughts on what's going on here's one from uh I think it's Ryo3 says hi Charles regarding Balogun a sell-on clause seems like smart business do you have any insight into why buyback clause doesn't seem to be used much if Balogun becomes a big star at Monaco I'd love to see Arsenal have an option to buy him back yeah I thought there might be a buyback clause and it doesn't appear that there is doesn't happen in many transfers Arsenal have put it in a few transfers with youngsters recently Dan Ballard got one or it was a matching rights clause where uh, in Dan Ballard's case, where um, if someone came in with a big bid for Ballard, Arsenal would have first refusal to match that bid and bring him back to the club. I believe when Charlie Patino looked like he was going to be going on a permanent deal this summer, they were going to get that included. They were telling that to all interested clubs as well. Uh, obviously, ended up going on loan, so it didn't happen. But yeah, with Monaco, I'm, I, they obviously didn't want it or didn't ask for it. Monaco wouldn't agree to it. I'm not sure exact reasons why it wasn't, but with this big sell-on clause, you know, I think financially it protects him anyway. If he does absolutely fly at Monaco and does end up getting himself a big move somewhere else, maybe back to the Premier League, then, you know, Arsenal are going to get big money through that because uh, it's just natural. If a Premier League clubs end up coming in for Balogun and he has a really good couple of seasons there, then, you know, it'll be big money, I'm sure. And that'll mean that Arsenal get big money in return. And that takes the transfer fee they've got now from 34 million, probably up to around the 50 million pound mark. And, all in for an academy product who had never really played a game for the club. I think that's a pretty good, smart piece of business. 
Here's one from Andrew. That's a couple from Andrew, which I sort of grouped together. Uh, says Arteta is going to regret selling Balogun when he starts banging in loads of goals. The fans are not going to let him forget it. Mark my words. And then he also says, what I don't understand is why Arteta kept Eddie, but he can give Balogun a chance. He deserved that. At least he's better than Eddie, in my opinion. That's in your opinion, Andrew. And everyone's obviously entitled to their opinion. But you know, at the end of the day, Mikel Arteta is the manager of Arsenal. And in his opinion, he felt that Eddie was clearly a better option to keep around. And he's the one who sees him in training. He sees him close up. He's the one who's a very highly skilled football manager. And he obviously believes that Eddie was was better for what he wanted. And I think you've got to take the whole contract situation into account as well. It's not just as simple as uh, he should have kept Balogun and got rid of Eddie. The fact was Balogun didn't want to sign a new contract and was going to be down to the final year of his contract next summer. And so Arsenal's hands were tied a little bit. They kind of had to sell this summer because of that situation. Otherwise, you risk losing him, you know, for for barely any money next summer, or he potentially just sticks around and walks away for free in a year's time after that. So I don't think it's quite as simple. You know, Eddie's got a long-term contract. Arsenal are under no pressure to sell. They're, you know, they've got a, a good young striker there who's scoring goals in the Premier League. Um, and has record and history of scoring goals in the Premier League. Balogun doesn't, who's tied into a long-term contract. So they're not under any pressure to sell Eddie and Ketia for fear of losing him for cheap. For Balogun, there was a real fear of losing him for cheap because he wasn't going to sign a new deal. So they kind of had to sell him um, because he wanted to go and he wanted to be the main man and start every single game. And that's what he's going to get at Monaco, but he wasn't going to get that at Arsenal. So I think you've got to when you talk about the whole situation, you've got to look at it and link everything into it before it's just about, oh, Arteta didn't want him. It's not as simple as that. There's so much more things intertwined into it than that. But thanks very much for your comments. Here's one from Dwayne who says, I'm going to push back on the idea that Balogun is ambitious, both for club and country. He's chosen paths of less resistance and gone to teams that were of lesser quality so that he could play right away. That's definitely his right, but looks more like impatience to me. I think an impatient, I think an ambitious player would back themselves to impress in training when given their chances at a bigger club national team. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that personally. I think it's a you know a fair comment, but you know, I'm not gonna hammer Balogun and, and say that he's um sort of wasn't didn't have the ambition to succeed at Arsenal. I think sometimes players just look at what's gone on. I take I put maybe Jaden Sancho, for example, who was at Manchester City, and he chose to go to Dortmund because he was knew he was going to play there. And look what happened to him. He went over there. It was a huge success and now got his matches moves to United. Had he stayed at City and not played as much, you know, would his career have been taken off like it did? Probably not. Look at Jude Bellingham as well. What he's done and the way his career has gone on since he made that move over to Dortmund um, from Birmingham at such a young age. And um, so I think players just look at the opportunity of going abroad as a real good opportunity of kickstarting their career early. So I'm certainly not going to criticise Balogun for it. And I think for the national team, look, if I was him, I would have probably waited a little bit of time. I didn't think there was any rush to commit to the US because the World Cup's still three years away, but I can absolutely understand why he did it. And, the, you know, financially, commercially, the opportunities that were available to him to make that choice and go there and be the poster boy, basically, of the World Cup heading into... Um, heading into a home World Cup in USA. I can absolutely understand for the reasons why he chose that as well. So thanks for your comment. But yeah, I, I kind of I, I kind of disagree on it. I'm certainly not going to criticise Balogun for, for deciding to do what he's done. Uh, Max here says, we clearly need to sign a top right back if White is reverting back to centre-back. Think party experiment is a joke. Tommy Asu is error-prone. Under pressure, I mean, it, it depends really, I think, what Mikel's going to... What Mikel's going to... Um, do I think we'll know a lot more this weekend when Zinchenko comes back in? Whether we see Ben White back to right back, I think if Ben White's if the plan is for Ben White to 
be right back majority of the season. I don't think Arsenal need to sign a right back. They've just signed one for forty million pounds in Urian Timber, who's going to be back at the end of the season. So if you go and buy another one now for basically the season and spend money on a top right back, then what are you going to do when Timber comes back? You've suddenly got White, Timber and another right back in, and Tommy Asu all in a squad. It just doesn't really make sense. You know, I think if a loan is there, then that could be a smart piece of business for Arsenal to cover them. And we wait and see what happens in the transfer window. There's still a couple of days to go. You know, I wouldn't sit here right now and say there's no chance Arsenal are going to sign anyone. There's been lots of times. So even when Tommy Asu signed that day, it wasn't really expected. Then suddenly, bang, Tommy Asu signed on the final day of the window. I go back to when Thomas Party signed. You know, I went into that deadline day thinking Arsenal weren't going to do anything. That was a message we were getting. And then they went and signed Thomas Party. So you can never rule it out. You know, and if a decent opportunity arises that Arsenal look at and think that gives us good cover for the season, then they might well do it. Um, but I, I just don't know. And But looking at that, I don't think it's as simple as just saying we need a top quality right back because what happens when Timber comes back and suddenly you're just swamped with right backs that you're paying big money for that can, and only one of them can play. So I'm not so sure on that. But thank you very much for your comments and questions, everyone. I do appreciate it. And once again, one final quick plug. The book is now out. The links are down below in the description. You can either buy a normal copy from Amazon or from anywhere that uh, will get sent to you or you can sign there's a or you can look there's a copy to the Goldsborough book store from um in Covent Garden and they've got some exclusive an exclusive amount of signed copies that you can also order as well that will get wing in their way to you very very shortly if you make one of those orders or if you want to come down to the Tollington tonight do so please do so from 4 p.m onwards I'll be there from 5 p.m you can buy the book there I can sign them there you can watch a Champions League draw can take part in the big Q&A that we're going to be having with me, Gunner Blog and Sam Dean. And uh, yeah, just should be a really fun night of Arsenal chat. So please do make it if you can. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Everyone have a very good Thursday. Enjoy the Champions League draw and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.